did get my first roles in SDR, I was very quickly able to succeed. And so much so that the company that I was working from was like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you succeeding where the other SDRs are, are not? They're not hitting quota. Um, and then had me, you know, write the playbooks and, and teach the SDR team how to be successful. Quickly moved up into an AE role. Welcome to the RevAmp Podcast by DealHub. I'm your host, Mark Lerner, Director of Growth Marketing at DealHub. In today's episode, we're going to sit down with Emerson McEwen, Head of RevOps at Hostalert. Emerson takes us on a journey from his days as a social worker to a sales rep for revolutionizing RevOps through automated systems and intelligent processes. He showcases a radical transformation that anyone looking to break into a RevOps role or upskill their current RevOps position needs to hear. His unexpected journey and innovative use of technologies like ChatGPT offer valuable insights into navigating career changes and optimizing the sales process for outstanding results. So let's dive into his unique story and uncover how embracing change and technology can significantly propel your career forward. So with that, I bring you Emerson McEwen. I, I, I got my start uh, in sales. I, for the longest time, I was in social work, and uh, you know, as I started about have, uh, wanting to have a family, I, I realized that I was going to need uh, really a boost in pay, and so sales kind of came on my radar. And I, I needed to make that that transition later in life. Like I really had to know my stuff so that when I'd get in there, I could progress. You know, I didn't want to be an SDR forever. Um, and, and my goal was ultimately to move into like enterprise uh, AE, right? And become an enterprise AE, make the good bucks, uh, good money. Um, so I studied, you know, the science of sales. I knew that if I, uh, if I was going to get a job in sales, like I to, to to succeed, I had to be efficient. You know, I didn't want to be the type that just had to make 100 calls a day. I wanted to be able to make the 25 smart calls a day, right? Um, and you know, I found when I when I when I did get my first roles in SDR, I was very quickly able to succeed, and so much so that the company that I was working from was like, hey, what are you what are you doing? Like, why are you succeeding where the other SDRs are are not? They're not hitting quota. Um, and then had me, you know, write the playbooks and, and teach the SDR team how to be successful. Into an AE role, continued that success. You know, a lot of a lot of um, success in, as an AE comes from the building pipeline, and so naturally my my skills as an SDR contributed well to me being successful. Um, the interesting thing about that was, uh, you know, I, I, from that first company, I moved on to a sec- uh, another company as an account executive, and. It was very. It was a much larger company than I was used to coming from that that first role in a startup, moving to more of like a monolithic, uh, <laughs> uh, larger organization. I didn't have the same influence over what tools that I used and my processes. Um, things were very locked down. It was interesting because it was a Salesforce company, and um, I, I, after trying a bunch of different things, I found that HubSpot. I was actually able to connect to. Uh, the Salesforce instance, and I kind of built a shadow CRM for myself using HubSpot. And uh, I was able to incorporate the processes that had made me successful in the past and even some new ones using HubSpot. And I, I was successful at that, and all of a sudden I had other AEs coming to me and saying, hey, what are you, what are you doing? I'm hearing your name in meetings. Like, you're, you're hitting all this success really quickly and early on. And uh, I showed them what I was doing, and they were interested. They wanted in a piece of it as well. And so I actually started working building them their own instances of, of HubSpot. Um, I started charging people for it. Over time, I realized, like, hey, 
this is actually what I want to be doing. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't inter as interested in making cold calls at that point. Um, and, you know, eventually I, I realized, hey, this is what I want to do. RevOps was kind of like the, the next progression of my career. And, and, and honestly, like once I started doing RevOps, I knew it was like, oh, this was, this was the right place for me. So. We'll kind of dive into that a little bit more uh, throughout the conversation because you're you're kind of giving me some backstory there, and I think it's fascinating. Um, but it sounds like you know in your research of you know the science of sales, and I, I suspect not many salespeople go into sales having studied you know the actual science of it, though I I might be wrong. So um, it seems like you kind of found a, your niche both in success in sales, but kind of building the process of yeah. things like you. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, when I talk to people with revenue, you know, people in revenue operations roles, they often will f say it's all about the process and that, um, you know, all too often people will, you know, their knee-jerk reaction is to find a tool to fix the problem, whereas it's most likely you have to fix the process first and then get the tooling. So, I mean, is that, do you, does your view of the world kind of align with that and how, where do you see process fitting in? I mean, I think it's, if, you're, if your processes are bad, and you add a tool to that, uh, it's, it's really, it's almost, it's almost like a, a tool can potentially like 10x whatever you're doing. And if it's bad, <laughs> it's going to make it 10 times worse. Um, and then, and if you have good processes, then your, your tools are going to accelerate your success ultimately. Yeah. Like, it's like that concept of garbage in, garbage out. Is data, you have bad data, then you're going to get bad data out, even if you use the most powerful AI. And if you, you can use the best tool, but if your process is broken, then you're just going to have, it's just going to make it that much worse. Um, and, um, you know, shifting the gears towards, you know, HubSpot and the ecosystem of HubSpot. Um, I think it's your your introduction into both revenue operations and the HubSpot ecosystem. I think is super fascinating. So I'd love to if you can like kind of dive into that a little bit more about how you um, got you know into the HubSpot ecosystem and how you kind of got into the role of revenue operations within HubSpot specifically. You know, working at that large organization and finding the only tool that worked was was HubSpot and. I didn't really know much about HubSpot at that point. I was like, what CRMs can I connect to build mine? I was using like Notion and like building my own CRM there, but it didn't do certain things that I wanted. It was not an outreach tool. Um, and so when I stumbled on HubSpot and realized that it could do all the things that I wanted to, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I went all in on it, right? <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be the tool that I use for, uh, to, for my, um, you know, just to manage my, my client and my potential customers, my buyers. And, and also outreach to them as well. And, uh, you know, I was able to, it's customizable and it's pretty easy to use really. I mean, I think the more you use it, the more you realize the power of it and there is complexity to it. But to, to build something that, that works and is, is efficient, it's really not that difficult and <laughs> for me anyway. I mean, maybe it's just that my mind is, is process oriented. Um, you know, and, and then, so once I started using that and realizing, like, that's ultimately what I wanted to do, and, and probably to a degree because that's how my, my mind works, um, I, I knew that I wanted to move into RevOps. And so there was uh, a community that I was a part of just as part of my, my, my sales role, uh, RevGenius. Shout out to Jared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, was, I was in RevGenius one day, and I, I knew that I wanted to be in RevOps. And I'd been, you know, I'd kind of doubled down on some of my studying for that. And it just so happened I looked in there one day and saw that there was a, uh, a company that was looking to hire a RevOps role, but they really didn't know what they were looking for. And so uh, somebody had gone in there from the company asking for some assistance in just like building out a job description. And when I saw that, I, I messaged that person and said, hey, like, don't worry about building a job description. Like, hire me. 
we'll figure it out together and, and you know ultimately like we'll build something that is customized to this to this company and, and let's see where it goes and, and ultimately uh, you know we went through the, the process uh, I, I think that there's there's a degree of like who is this guy who, who is this person and how, how can I trust them um, but you know we, we talked about it and I had enough knowledge to know like what needed to happen and put together a plan to say hey in the you know 30 60 90 here's what here's uh, what I plan to do and here's what we'll, where we will be and I'll say, you know, that, that we did get there. It was a, it was a good plan, um, and and yeah, and I, I absolutely love it. And I'm very thankful that they they trusted me and, and pulled me in. So. Yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit, you know, I'm also a member of RevGenius, and I've seen you often talk about the ways in which you leverage, you know, AI, which is obviously kind of all over the word, the letters on everyone's lips here at the inbound. Um, but I've seen you talk about actually using ChatGPT and large language models to do real things, um, which is always fascinating to me because I've been, you know, doing a lot of that myself. Um, and I think, you know, you're putting on a kind of a course uh, in the next week as well that I'm looking forward to. But I'd love to hear a little bit about the ways in which you're leveraging um, ChatGPT, AI, those kind of things to do, you know, RevOps work or to make, you know, processes better, all those things. So I'd love to hear a little bit about it. So, you know, I, I use ChatGPT pretty much daily. Um, and, and really the, the power for me is, is there, there's, enough, there's enough processes in, in um, RevOps that can take a lot of time, right? And we're all about making, automating and, and making things more efficient. Um, so, you know, I found using, using ChatGPT, I could actually... You know, I, I have some background and understanding of like Python, and, and I'm pretty good with SQL, and I'm great with you know Excel. However, when I started using ChatGPT, I found like if if I could conceptualize what I needed to do, I could pretty much make it happen. Uh, and and I think uh, I, I heard you use the phrase once that ChatGPT is going to democratize some of these skill sets for for RevOps and, and really anything in particular. And I really identify with that. You know, I don't have to pay for uh, a developer or wait for like an internal person to create a system. Like I can go in there and, and, and really figure out how to do it myself, right? And so a couple of free tools in ChatGPT have, have allowed me to automate some of the processes through Python. So like record linkages, right? That's something we have, we have uh, data warehouses with our records that ultimately aren't, aren't linked and you could pay for a tool and spend quite a bit of money to pay for a tool to do that or you could use Python to automate you know I, I was able to link through our, our customer database our own internal uh, customer database sorry our CRM our internal customer database and then our financial system was able to link 2,500 records almost automatically into a very high degree of accuracy using ChatGPT and that's something somebody in RevOps is like, how do we do that? Like, so, so that's uh, yeah, that class that I'll be putting on next week. We'll be talking about how to do that, how to, you know, uh, we a lot, a big thing we do is like importing records into our CRM, and we got to go through a whole plot process of cleaning the data. And and usually the process is pretty consistent and similar just about every time you do it with some some minor changes. So why not? build a Python notebook that will do that process for you. That, that story you told about, you know, connecting the records from your customer database to your CRM, um, I, though my role is in marketing, I had a very similar project kind of dropped on my lap. Um, it was, um, we needed to get usage data from our database, uh, BigQuery, um, and get it into our CRM at the time. Because um, we were going to be going forward with a PLG motion, we needed to be able to, you know, identify uh, on an account level when somebody takes a certain amount of actions in order to kind of hit uh, qualification. Um, 
and I tried every which way. I was like, okay, we'll do segment. And then it was like, no, you need, the development team needs to put a pixel, and they're not going to do it, right? And so then I was like, okay, fine. So I'll go like this. And I never, I just couldn't find a way around, and I had to just go through. And the way of going through was essentially using a SQL and a reverse ETL. And I don't know SQL. Sure. Uh, and it was before ChatGPT, so I actually had to kind of like really, it took a long time, but I was able to kind of a very rough way get it to work. And reflecting on that, had I had ChatGPT, I would have been able to finish that project in a day. And it took me a month of like trial and error with SQL, which was essentially learning Swahili for me. Um, and you know the difference between what it would have been like had I had ChatGPT and now is like so obvious to me, and even the way you were describing it. So I think that it's similar, right? It's so it 10x is if it's if it's you know if it's something that's good and you're just kind of missing the last piece, it can help you get there. If it, if your whole idea is kind of faulty, it's just going to help you make, put out something that's really doesn't work. Yeah. The thing using ChatGPT, it's uh, you know they even changed the name of the code interpreter to advanced data analysis, right? Yeah. But if you if you don't understand data, if you don't have data intelligence already, and you you know what you're trying to get to, if you don't know that and, the, and you just upload your data into ChatGPT, for example, and ask it questions that, you know, any, any data and uh, any junior data analyst would be able to say, like, let's say a um, sales cycle length, right? And you ask ChatGPT, but you don't understand actually what you're asking, what the results are, it'll spit out a number, but how do you trust that number? Uh, you know, it'll. Uh, you need to specify to ChatGPT, hey, I only want the close loss to close one, like, what's the, what's the close date there? Um, so yeah, you do have to have a certain amount of of know-how to say, hey, this is this is what I actually want to achieve in the end. But once you know that, then it's just figuring out how to get there, knowing how ChatGPT works enough to ask the right questions, and that that can sometimes you know you hear all about prompt engineering and all. You do have to understand like how to ask the right questions, um, and that that's a that's a muscle and that's a skill that that you can learn for sure. I think one one way I've been I've been looking at it. You know, I heard somebody once. They said, uh, you know, a sewing machine isn't going to teach you how to, how to sew an Italian suit, <laughs> yeah. right? You need to know how to sew an Italian suit, and then the sewing machines can help you get there a lot faster. That's a, that's a phenomenal analogy, at least for the way, you know, AI is today, right? I don't know what ChatGPT 7 is going to be like, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe it will be connected to Neuralink, and we won't have to do anything, right? But um, I think that, yes, if you don't, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, and you don't even know what it is that you want to get to, ChatGPT is not going to help you in, in any way. Um, so, switching gears a little bit, since we are at Inbound, um, so far, you know, today was officially day one, uh, the other, day before that was partner day, so I was calling it day zero. Um, I don't know if you had any time to see any of the speakers or if you spent most of the day on the floor like I did, but I would love to hear your kind of overall impression of day one, some of the themes that you're seeing and, you know, what you're interested in and, yeah, just all about kind of your impression of day one. Yeah, you know, there was there's some product updates I'm certainly excited about. I mean, conditional properties. Uh, I mean, that's something that I know a lot of us who are adminning the, the HubSpot instance are, are so excited. Like, I, I can't wait to see what that does. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty curious about, you know, the new lead object. Uh, I want to see where that goes. I don't, 
I don't know yet how I'll incorporate that, but I, I think it's going to be really powerful. Um, and then, of course, you know, like you said, uh, AI is on everybody's tongue here. Um, you know, I, I think I think that a, a company has to be engaging with AI, and 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 just like you just said, it's it's still early stages, um, and you know, we're all kind of experimenting with it, we're all beta testing it, and how how it's supposed to how it's going to evolve, and we're a part of that process. Um, I'll, I'll be really curious to see uh, how how all of it works. Um, I would say, yeah, overall, it's been a really great event. Uh, you know, uh, and, and honestly, like seeing all of these people that we've been uh, in communication with over over uh, remotely through our various networks that we're a part of, um, that's been great. Meeting you for the first time is, was really great as well. Um, overall, yeah, I mean, I think it's just positive and exciting. I definitely have to agree with that. I think that um, the energy on the floor, and I've spent most of my day on the floor and talking to folks, um, you know, in the hallways. I haven't really had an opportunity to see much of the speakers yet. Um, the energy has been super great, um, and I think that you know the last time I went to inbound, well, I didn't go to inbound; it was still virtual, and so this is this is really kind of the first time for me, and, and it's it's really great to see a whole bunch of people in person and you know make that human connection, even though we're all kind of a lot of us are still remote, and you know we you know socialize maybe through Slack communities and LinkedIn and all these things, um, but actually being able to break that through that fourth wall and see people in person and in the meat space, as they say, um, is really great. So um, this was super fascinating, and thank you very much. Yep.